Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. If you have your Bibles, now's the time to take those out, and we're going to turn to a few different passages of Scripture. Now, not all of them we're going to read, but I want to give you the general overview of where the readings are taking us today. So if you have a paper Bible, you can just put a thumb in there. Uh, If you have an electronic Bible, uh, it's pretty easy to flip between passages, but just want to let you know where we're going. Uh, We'll have a little bit in... uh, 2 Samuel 7 uh, is a part of the message today. Uh, We will be reading here in just a minute Psalm 89, 1 through 4 and 19 through 26. So that's where you'll want to turn and keep open. And then also our gospel passage that Tim so beautifully read for us today, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. So we've got a lot of scripture today and a lot of uh, that we want to move through. I think we can do this pretty quickly powerful, powerful time today, and I'm praying that God will use this reading and this teaching time uh, to, to help us enter in to the Christmas season uh, here in just a few short hours. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to uh, Psalm 89, and we're going to begin at verse 1, read 1 through 4, and then 19 through 26. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Jump down to verse 19. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people. You said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him. And through my name, his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. This is the Word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, uh, here we are jumping into this this scripture, and my hunch is if you are thinking the way I was thinking as I was reading and preparing for this, you might be saying to yourself, this doesn't sound very Christmassy. I mean, talking about a warrior being raised up and enemies crushed and, you know, all these things, this just... This doesn't sound like Christmas, Pastor Jeff. 
Well, hold on. Uh, hang in there. You may have heard me say it in, in the, my prayer, but I want to make this very clear. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. It just so happens that it is also Christmas Eve. And so it's one of those things that happens about every seven to ten years where this comes about. And our tendency is to want to rush through the longing part of what Advent is all about and get right into the joy of Christmas. And I want to say, just put on the brakes for just a little bit. Let's lean into this fourth Sunday of Advent. And then, here in just a few short hours at 4.30, I hope you'll eat and come back and we'll celebrate and move into the joy of what Christmas is is all about. So hang in here with me. There's still something really wonderful about this day and about what we're called. We just can't rush through it. We've got to acknowledge and be a part of this. And so settle in, lean back, and let's listen to what the church longed for us to hear in these passages today. Today's candle was lit, and it is the candle of peace. But we know that peace is not just about the absence of war or conflict in Scripture. That when the Bible talks of peace, the the understanding would be of the Hebrew word shalom. This is the only Hebrew word we're going to learn today, all right? So let's just say it three times together. One, two, three, shalom. One, two, three, shalom. And the final time, one, two, three, shalom. Shalom. And shalom really has more of the understanding of wholeness, completeness. Think about the Christmas meal you're probably going to eat tomorrow. How many of you have ham tomorrow? Anybody? How many of you do turkey again? Anybody do a roast? Man, pizza? I mean, what, what do you guys do to it? I have not seen a lot of hands here. Uh, lasagna. Ooh, that sounds good. Italian there. Okay. So we've got a lot of stuff, but I want you to think about how you feel right after you've had your turkey, ham, lasagna, pizza, roast, whatever you do, and you're filled up with all the fixings. You are what? Full. You're satisfied. Are you worried that there's not going to be food after that? No, you know, the dessert trays are waiting right over there. This is the understanding when we talk about shalom. It is the peace, yes, the peace that comes from being full, from being made whole, from having available everything you need. And you think about that because we often think about peace in terms of conflict or war. But when everyone has everything they need, is there a need for war? No. Because we have been made whole. We have all that we need. Now, when we long for wholeness, this peace, this shalom, usually is when we are at our most vulnerable. We feel that something is missing and we are vulnerable in the midst of that. And so we find ourselves longing for that wholeness. And so this is important that we begin to look like this. And I want to ask you a question. If your life is feeling vulnerable today, if you're feeling beaten up or beaten down, or just that life is incredibly messy, I want you to know here on Christmas Eve, this is your Sunday. And I'm glad that you are here. 
Now, these readings, you may be wondering, where did these readings come from? These readings come from something that's called the lectionary. And the lectionary is something that is put together by the faith community so that if for three years of Sundays you read all of these scriptures and you also read the daily Bible readings, which are in your bulletin, just so you know, here your digital bulletin has them too if you're online, If you read all of those, you will find yourself going through all of the Bible in about three years. And so these lectionary readings are put together. I wanted to give you just a definition that I found online, that a lectionary goes through the scriptures in a logical pattern. And it also includes selections which were chosen by the faith community, the religious community, for their appropriateness to the particular occasions. So I want you to know that the scriptures, this part in Second Samuel and the psalm and the gospel reading, this is all, this has all been put together by the faith community for its appropriateness for this particular Sunday on this particular year. And you are invited into it. Because today's lectionary readings take us through the story of the house of King David. Now, we like to think of King David, and even just saying King David, we already think of someone high and mighty, with a lot of power, has everything they need. So, of course, they would have a lot of shalom. But I want to let you know, if you're new to the Bible or new to the story of Scripture, that David really began, as we all do, as a vulnerable person. But he was even more vulnerable than just being born a baby. He was vulnerable in his birth order. You see, he was the eighth son. And in his day and age, the first son, of which I am one, got everything. All the land, all the blessing, all the the farmland, all the homes, everything. And everybody from the second son on down got to work for the first son. This is a great arrangement. I think we should go back to this. (laughs) So you can imagine that as the eighth son, he wasn't too highly favored in the family. In fact, we find out that he got the worst job of them all. And that is shepherding. I know we think of it because we think of Jesus as the great shepherd. We think of shepherding as a very noble profession. And it is. But in his day and age, it was looked down upon. Because you, you are outside. You're dirty. It's dangerous. You're around unclean things called sheep. And you just it's just kind of a, a rough place. In fact, when we finally meet David for the first time, they said he is ruddy in complexion. He's probably grimy and dirty and and he's just been out in the field and you don't take showers and all that stuff. You're just constantly, you're the lowest person and you get the worst jobs. David was vulnerable in his birth, yet he trusted that God was with him. Even as a lowly shepherd, as an eighth-born lowly shepherd, he trusted that God was with him. He talked about later on in 1 Samuel 17 that he was protected by God because God was with him from the lion and the bear. And he not only just kept the sheep away from them, he charged after the bears and the lions, believing that God was with him, knowing 
that he could do whatever because God was with him. And he was later chosen by God to be the king. You can read about that in 1 Samuel 16 if you want. This is a fa- fascinating story. If you want to read 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, a great story. I, I would encourage you to read that. He was also not just vulnerable in his birth, but he was vulnerable in battle with Goliath. This is the story probably most of us know about David. We've taught, for some reason, we teach our children this horrible story of the beheading of Goliath. But uh, any, anyways... He comes and sees that there is a giant, by most estimations, a nine-foot-tall warrior of the Philistines. And, and David sees the armies of Israel quaking in their boots. And he says, I'll take that guy. And he comes down with nothing but a sling, the weapon of a shepherd. And he is vulnerable with no armor facing a nine-foot-tall giant fully armored with spear and sword. But David says, you come against me with spear and sword, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. He knew and believed that even in his vulnerableness, God was with him and God gave him the victory that day. He defeated the giant with the weapon of a shepherd, the slingshot. But he was also not just vulnerable in battle and not just vulnerable in his birth order. He was vulnerable with his blessing. He had been anointed to be the next king. And that means that the line of Saul was going to end. And even though Jonathan, Saul's son, was one of his best friends, he knew that God was going to do something here. But he was vulnerable with this blessing of knowing that he was going to be the next king. You see, he trusted that God was with him, so he didn't have to overthrow the current king. In fact, he waited and was patient. There was a great story where Saul was very vulnerable. I won't go into all of the reasons why. And David was there and could have taken his life. But he was vulnerable with his blessing. He knew that God was going to work this out. It wasn't up to him. It was up to God. And so he waited. In fact, he, he showed himself to the king. I could have taken your life, but I'm waiting on God. He was vulnerable in his blessing. Now, this first reading uh, that we would have read today, we're not going to read that today, but I want you to know it's 2 Samuel chapter 7. You can read along, read that if you would like, but basically the gist of it is that God promises after he has made David king, there's a lot more of the story in First and Second Samuel that we can't get to today. He promises that the line of David, his kingship line, will be unbroken. That God will build a house, a lineage for him. And yet, just a few short passages later, we see that God gives David many more victories. But then something happens when we get to 2 Samuel chapter 11. David does something that you don't expect him to do as this great king. But he uses his power and position as king to take advantage of a woman sexually and then arranges for her husband's death in battle to try and cover his tracks. And God calls him out on it through the prophet Nathan. You can read about that in 2 Samuel chapter 12. But David does something different. 
he becomes vulnerable when he was busted. This is different than what Saul did. He doesn't hide behind his power. He doesn't hide behind his position. He doesn't hide behind his prestige. He is vulnerable in the midst of being called out on what he has done. And when he was caught, his guilt drove him to God in vulnerability. And he trusted that God would still hear a vulnerable prayer of someone who has absolutely blown it. And Nathan says to him, oh, there will be consequences. However, you are forgiven. That there's something about this vulnerability with God and believing that God is with you in the midst of vulnerability, whether it's from birth or your battle or your delayed blessing or when you blow it and when you're busted, that God is still with us. Now, we come to our second reading of Scripture that, we, that I read just at the beginning of the sermon. In Psalm 89, a lot of time has passed. passed. The book of Psalms was tailored together to, to show this blessing of God. Learning how to pray and learning how to wait for the kingdom of God's Messiah that will come. And at the end of Psalm 89 is the end of the third book of the Psalms. We'll get into that. But now the people are again in a vulnerable place. They did not follow after the heart like David did where he was vulnerable with God. They continued to do their own thing and eventually they were led away in captivity to Babylon. And they are now vulnerable because they don't have control over their own lives. They're not living in their land. They are far away and they are broken and they are vulnerable And they begin to call out. And they begin to wonder. And our psalm today is a wondering. It is actually a psalm of lament, although we don't get into the lament parts. They begin to wonder about God's promise to David. And they begin to almost remind God as they turn to God in prayer, asking the questions, are you still here with us? Do you still remember the promise you made to David all those long years ago? Are you with us? And they remind him. I mean, verses 3 and 4, just call right out. I will declare that your love stands firm, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. They bring this out later towards the end of this psalm. They'll be saying, how much longer? Do you remember this prayer? How long will you remain frustrated and angry with us? How long are we supposed to be here vulnerable? Folks, today as you come in, are you experiencing these questions? Maybe today you come in with some delayed blessings. I've, I've heard about the goodness of God. I've heard about how He can heal and help and, and save and surrender. But I'm sure not seeing that happen in my life. I want you to know, if that's your question today, you're in the right place today. And we join with those people in exile long ago 
who look to the past and dare to question, God, where are you in the midst of this? But we move right into our gospel reading that Tim so beautifully read for us today. And now we move another bunch of years, a couple of centuries forward, and again we see someone who is vulnerable. This time, God comes to a vulnerable girl. Most scholars believe Mary was probably a teenager. And she was betrothed to someone who was probably older, which probably meant that she was one of girls, you know, a few. There were probably a few. And they were just trying to find a way to, you know, get her cared for. And so Joseph might even have been an older man when they were betrothed to be married. She is also vulnerable by birth, like David. She is also vulnerable by battle. Oh, maybe she didn't fight Goliath. But her whole country, although they are in their land, is overrun by the Romans who control everything day in and day out. Again, we see this vulnerability. But the angel Gabriel appears to her. And I want to read this again for us today. And because it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and because it's warm in here and you might be asleep, I want you to stand with me, if you're able, in honor of the, of the reading of the gospel. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named a descendant of who? David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. Read this with me. Is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. Can you hear that God has not forgotten his promise to David? And he will reign over Jacob's descendants how long? Forever. His kingdom will, say it with me, never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. God declares in this statement from the angel to a vulnerable young girl that he is forever with vulnerable people. God shows this by becoming vulnerable. I love what our devotional that we've been going through each day. I love what Dr. Daniel Boone says in this. 
He says, but Mary may not be the most vulnerable one in our story. There is one who becomes even more vulnerable than she. The God who becomes dependent flesh in Mary's vulnerable womb. Christ's birth story may seem to magnify Mary, but it's really about God and the vulnerability of God. God the Creator becomes a creature. God, the breath of every living thing, becomes embryo. God, whose hand scoops out oceans, floats in a fetal sack, whose voice splits the cedar trees, cries for mother's milk. God, who crushes the king's armies, can't walk. God, who feeds all living things, is hungry. God became vulnerable. So if you have come in today vulnerable from birth, vulnerable from the battle, vulnerable from delayed blessing, vulnerable from where you've blown it, I want you to know that there is one who doesn't run from you, but who is with you. Is that good news for those of us who are still longing for wholeness. Mary's response then shows her David-like vulnerable trust when she says, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. You see, like David, she trusted that God was with her in her vulnerability. And even though God being with her would create even more vulnerability, she trusts that God highly favors her. Even in her vulnerability, she is not alone. What vulnerable places, my friends, my friends online, do you come into this building or to this podcast? What vulnerable places do you come from today? Do you come from a vulnerability that has been from birth where it just seems like my genetic structure or my family situations just seem to perpetuate the inability to move into wholeness? And it just seems like every day is one more recognition of the fact that there is something missing, that I'm incomplete, that I can't make it. Maybe for you today, are you coming from a place of vulnerable battle? Where it just seems like that relationship never gets better. This argument never gets solved. I continue to just battle and battle and battle every day. And I can't seem to find my way out of the struggle. Is that you today? Is it from delayed blessing where you've heard about God's goodness? Or maybe you even feel like God has called me into this or God is leading me in this direction. But it just seems like for days and weeks and months and years, it just seems to be delayed. It just seems to to be that much further away. And I just keep waiting and I just keep longing for that day to come where I can rest in the fulfillment of the blessing that God is calling me to. Or maybe it's from your own brokenness where you've battled that thing and you've struggled with that attitude or that addiction or that frustration and it just seems like it continues to trip you up moment by moment, day by day and you find yourself vulnerable and longing for peace, shalom, wholeness. 
Well, friends, today is your day. Will you dare to join the vulnerable Mary in trusting that God is with you in the vulnerableness? Because Mary knows something. Mary knows that a vulnerable victim who knows that God is with them can gain victory that no one can ever take away or defeat. You see, Mary knows that the beaten down person who knows that God favors them highly can experience a blessing that lifts them up to new and eternal life. You see, my friends, Mary knows that the vulnerable sinner who trusts that God is with them and for them can experience true salvation and it can happen today because our God doesn't run from vulnerability. He becomes vulnerable with us in order for you and for me to know that He is with us, to have everything we need and we can experience shalom, peace, and wholeness in the midst of our vulnerable situation. Mary knew this and the Scriptures and the church invites us into this vulnerability and this place of knowing God is with us and for us today. Would you, my friends, dare to trust that Christ is with you in your vulnerable place today? Whatever it looks like for you, would you dare to trust that God is for you? Would you dare Before we rush into the Christmas joy here in just a few short hours, would you dare to take a moment to express your longing for peace, for shalom, and for wholeness? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Kimber is going to play something on the keyboard this morning. But before we rush out to a meal together, maybe see lights later on tonight. Before we jump in to the joy of the baby born into the vulnerable world, I just wonder if there are some of us who need to pray and bring our vulnerable situation like David, like Mary, people of Israel in captivity to simply express real heartfelt prayers God I'm I'm vulnerable it just feels like it's been that way from birth God you, you know the battles I've been through I can't ever seem to find victory God you promised long ago and it just seems to be delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed right where you are, right where you're watching online. Just bring that vulnerable place, whatever it looks like. I may not have caught them all. Maybe there's another one. Just bring that before God this morning.
front of your mind, bringing that into God's presence. Can you hear the words of the angel to Mary? You are highly favored. change everything, can bring shalom, wholeness, peace. Knowing that you're never alone. Father, thank you for the way your faith community, the church, has shaped this Sunday in such a way that we can take one more moment to talk about our longing for wholeness. And all of us come in here from vulnerable, messy places. Thank you for sending Jesus into the messy, vulnerable world, showing us forever that you are not afraid of our mess, but that you run to us. And you bring your blessing and your presence by doing that you bring your power and your strength and your healing Father today for my brothers and sisters who have brought their vulnerable place to you today may they experience right now your shalom your peace, your wholeness may they hear and continue to hear in these vulnerable places that you are with them, that you favor them that you will neither leave them nor forsake them. And may that bring renewed confidence and strength, not in their abilities, but in your presence and power. Jesus, we thank you for your willingness to enter into our experience and redeem every part of what it means to be a human being. We pray that in just a few short hours, move our longing into celebration as we celebrate God with us. We pray and we ask all of these things in your name. And all God's people here and online said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, my brothers and sisters here and around the world, I pray That wherever your vulnerable place is, you will go from this place knowing that you are not alone. That He is with you and He favors you. And may that begin to change the vulnerable places of anxiety into vulnerable places of peace and wholeness. May you leave and share that hope that you have with those that you encounter. And may you return celebrating the joy of Christ with us. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in His shalom, wholeness. Have a great day and Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week and a Merry Christmas. We'll see you tonight at 4.30.
Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.